0: I'm telling you, I didn't even want to stop there. I didn't want to come up and preach. Amen. Keep worshiping. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter five, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for his righteousness. And then it goes on to say the second part of that verse says, And they shall be filled. I'm thankful that I'm part of a church that that wants to hunger and thirst after Jesus. Amen. A church that when people come in on Sunday that we're here to see Jesus Touch us where we need to be touched. Heal us where we need to be healed at. Not afraid to come to the altars. Not afraid to call upon Him because, listen, guys, that's where the country is. That's where the state of the church is today is they're embarrassed to call upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Afraid to call upon Him. And I'm thankful that we have a church body that wants to call out. If you're here this morning and you're hurting, you've had a bad week, and listen, we all have bad weeks. Amen? And sometimes all you can do, you can go to your friend on Facebook, you can go to your favorite pal on the phone, but you got to take it to the foot of the cross, to Jesus Christ, amen? Because he's the one that ultimately gives us sins. And I, I, let's just give the praise team a hand this morning for leading us in the throne room, amen? Thank you, guys. I'm going to preach again this morning. I've been preaching on a rock every Sunday for about four weeks. Remember I said in Joshua chapter 4 when the children of Israel were crossing over the Jordan River, Joshua commanded each man of every tribe of, uh, of the Israelites to get a stone and bring it up with them. So when we build a camp here, we're going to build a memorial of rocks so our children and our grandchildren come by and they can see that memorial and they'll say, what does these stones mean? They can look back and say, God is the one that delivered us. And so here's, here's what I really think we, we, we've been preaching the last few weeks. To really make this a strong church, give us a foundation to see God anoint this church and really move in a mighty way. We've gotta have some we gotta have some stones in our church. We've gotta have some things put in our church that'll give us a foundation. Not a church that's built upon sin and just making you feel good and, and coming and telling a few stories and everybody hold hands and sing, combo ya let's let's go home as a good church service. We don't need that, Amen. We need something that'll get to us. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts right straight to right straight to my problem. And we need some foundation this morning for our church. And I believe we have that. We're headed in the right direction. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but God's wanting to do a great work in our church body. Amen. How many of y'all agree about that? Amen. I mean, I look around and I see families here and lives that are changed. God is wanting to do a great work. But some of us is going to have to turn loose and let go. We're going to have to let go of what we've been holding on to and let God take control for God is really going to get all of our church. He cannot get all of our church if it's just a preacher running around preaching on Sunday and excited about what's going on and excited about what he's doing in my life and your life. It takes a whole church body to let go and let God move in a mighty, mighty way. Amen? Oh, man, they put me on blood pressure medicine. I feel good today. Amen? Man, I feel a lot better. I might be able to actually preach to tonight. I was in a revival. I was so red-faced, I spit on about six rows. Man, I was hurting. I was just tired. I was ready. But today I feel, I don't want to use it all up in the ten minutes I got here. Amen. But today we're going to look at that rock, another rock that, that we need as a strong foundation in this church body. God's wanting to bring revival to Pleasant Hill. How many of y'all agree? Hey, listen. Listen. And I told y'all here a few weeks ago, it's got to start somewhere. Why not here? Amen. Why not here? Why can't revival start right here? We all think, well, it's got to start in a big city. Listen, where my people are humble themselves and call upon the name of the Lord. Listen, he'll show up, church. He'll show up in a mighty way. Why can't it be us? And so we talked about God's word and how important worship. We looked at prayer. Last week, this week is, I'm going to try to pick up this rock. i pick them up and they're big. Discipleship. Everybody says, man, what kind of word is that? That's some big, deep theological word, discipleship. It's about making followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what this is. Being a follower, a committed, a disciple is a committed follower of someone. And for us as Christians, it's followers, committed followers of Jesus Christ. Not just on Sunday morning. Say, well, Brother George, I love Sunday, but listen, if this is all you get is on Sunday, if this is your walk with Jesus just on Sunday, your faith is weak. First time the storm comes blowing in, the devil's like a roaring lion that seeks to attack, and you wonder why everything's falling apart. Listen, our, our faith has got to be more than just Sunday morning. He's calling us to go deeper into a relationship with Jesus Christ to be his disciples. And I mean, hey, it's exciting being a follower of Jesus Christ, amen. I don't know what church you're from, and maybe they didn't think that was very exciting, but being a follower of Jesus Christ is very exciting. He'll take you places and and touch things in your life and do things for you that you've never experienced before. When we're a follower of Jesus Christ, let's go to. Let's all stand real quick for the Word of God, and let's keep one little stretch. Matthew chapter 28. A lot of places in your Bible will call this the Great Commission. It'll call it what Jesus commanded disciples to do before he ascended into heaven. There was probably 500 people watching Jesus when he told them this before he ascended to heaven. So it wasn't like it was a sneak around. It wasn't like it was in the back door of a upper room somewhere that Jesus did this. There was many, many people present when he ascended to heaven. But the one thing he wanted to give to his church before he left, and I love this, and this is, if every church would do this, they'd see Jesus move in a mighty way. If every church would do what I'm going to preach on this morning, they'd have a dynamic church. And we've got to do a better job. We're we're doing it. We, we, We need a dynamic church, amen? I mean, when people walk in, they sense the presence of God in this place. Without a song being sung or a word being preached, they can feel His presence. And in what Jesus said here in verse, looking for Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen, it says, "Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted." That happens in the church today. In verse eighteen, and Jesus came. And spoke to them, saying, By all authority or all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now here's the here's the church here's the word the church has got to get a hold of. Go. I love how he that next verse he didn't say, stay, think about it, get you a committee, get you a bunch of deacons together and see if y'all might have enough finances to do this. He didn't say that. Jesus commanded his church, he said, Go. Just go. You don't have to have a big church. You don't have a lot of money. You don't have a have a theological degree to go. Just go. You say, Well, Brother George, where are we going? Hang on. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, I love this next part, to observe. We gotta observe. All things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. What a promise. Even when you got bad doctor's report, I'm with you. Even when your marriage might be falling apart, I'm with you. Even when you're having church problems, lo, I'm with you. Even when i got more month and I have money sometimes, he's with me. Amen? How many of y'all agree with me on that? He's with me. Lo, I'm with you. What what a promise that is this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, just move in a mighty way. Lord, bless your word. Convict our hearts and move us closer to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone saying, amen. You may be seated. How many of y'all love to watch baseball? Hey, it's coming on. I mean, I've been watching some this week on some of my sports channel. Baseball, I love. I played baseball. I, I love baseball. And... The church is a lot like the baseball team. When a when a, a baseball team gets a guy, what's the what is the main job of a baseball team's job to do to win a game? Score runs. Now, it's great to see them run to first and get on first and they're safe and boy that's right, that's right, come on. Next batter, give me a hit, give me a hit. Let's go, let's keep it going, let's keep it going. He goes to first base. And if all they go all game long, all they do is go to first base, go to first base, go to first base, they're not going to win the game. And there's a lot there's a lot of teams that are excited. We get on first. The the, The object of the game is to get on first, and then to get him to second, get him to third, and to get him home for a home run. In the baseball game, listen, how would that be like, did y'all win tonight? No, but we got 16 on first base. Oh, that was great. And sometimes I think that's the way the church is speaking today to to uh, pacify what the God and the Spirit's not doing in the churches. How was y'all's church today? Oh, it was same old, same old. We had one actually got up and almost come forward. But she dropped her contact and was looking for it, and never mind. We almost had somebody raise their hand in church this morning. They was excited to be there. We almost, and see, this is where we're at when we tell people about our church. What is God doing? He's almost doing this. He's almost, he almost saved four last week. He almost, he, he almost, man, he almost sent more families. He, he's, he's almost moving. Listen, it's more than the church is saying, we got them on first base. What the church is saying is, we got them saved we baptized them. They're on first base. Woo-hoo! We are winners. Did you know you got to have hits to be winners? But you got to have base runners to be winners. I've seen teams in baseball have twelve hits, and the other team had three hits, and the team that had three hits won. Why? Because they were better base runners. They advanced. See, when we get someone when we get someone to church and we get them on first base as the church they get saved and y'all been watching us baptize. We baptized I believe since July about 68 or 70 people since July. Amen that's a blessing. And so you see us, you see them come down and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then we, they follow the Lord in baptism. Now they're in the church, and they're part of the church. They're, they're members of the church, and, boy, we're excited. Where are you going? I'm a member of Pleasant Hill. I'm excited. And the church is all excited. They're members. And it's like the church just puts their bats up and goes back in the dugout. We got them. We got them to first. Thank God he's on First. And the devil's sitting back saying, "I'll take first base all day long." Listen, the greatest decision you'll ever make is to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. But guys, Jesus just said right there, "Got to go, got to go." We can't just be excited because they got saved and they're sitting in on Sunday morning. We got to see them get to second base. We got to see them committed to maturing in the Lord, and they're on second. And then we need to see that person round second get on third. And when they're on third base, they're starting to really dedicate themselves and serve, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to them and saying, there's something i really like to do in that church. God's laying this on my heart to work in this area, to work with kids, to work with the senior adults, to work in the food pantry, to, to work in a women's group. They're on third base, standing there. But until they get home, The church has not won until we get them to home plate safely. So when they get to home, they're turning around and going right back out and saying, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me get you to first base, amen? Let me get you to second base. Why is Jesus on your heart so strong? Why are you so excited? Why does God just, when I'm around you, I can just feel God? Because I got a home run, baby. I didn't just go to first. God is changing my life and the dynamics of my life in a mighty, mighty way. He changes church dynamics in a mighty way when people decide to get off first base. Amen? How many feel like you're still on first? It's okay. I got two or three. Everybody, We probably got a whole lot of first basemen nobody wants to raise their hand. If I'd have said how many wants to go home, ah! See, there we go. We've got to let go and let God. I had probably three people in this building raise their hand on first base. I got a Greek word for that. That's hogwash. There's more standing on first, sit soaking and sour and wishing they could be more in Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm just being honest with you. Well, you offend me. So what? I'm going to preach truth. Amen. I'm sorry if I offend you this morning. I'm sorry. But Jesus said, go. Take that up with him, baby. Amen. Well, I don't want to go. Well, take it up with Jesus. Not me. Don't get mad at the preacher because I'm on the church to go. I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do. Amen. Well, you know, Brother George, we go to a small church and we live in a little community and go. We don't have but about 15 in our church. Go! Tell you what happened to me Tuesday night. It doesn't matter the age of the church about going. Amen? I went down to Oak Bower Church and did a revival Tuesday night. I was the last speaker there, week of revival. I figured they had all the good ones first, and they wanted me at the end, so if it went bad, it's all right. Amen? I preached on Tuesday night the last night, and it's nothing against senior adults. But I've been around church my whole life. And I walked in, and there was probably 35 people there, all of them over 70, plus, 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 plus. Plus, plus, plus. Walkers, they got them. Amen. Canes, they had them. And I come to walk in, and Brent was there, and he goes, they're not going to accept you very good tonight. Because the way you preach, you're going to scare these people to death. It's going to be a long ride home. And I did it. When I first walked in, I said, my goodness, how y'all doing? How How you doing? My goodness, how you doing? My goodness, how you doing? To myself, not publicly, but see no matter how long, I love this, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord in your walk, He's always there to surprise you and say, hey, it ain't about you, it's about me. I love that. No matter how long, now how long you've been saved, He's always going to shake you up a little bit and let you know you're not in control. By the time the services started, we got close to 50 people. We had two or three young couples in the bag, but still, we were plus, 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 plus. And I prayed on the front bench and said, Lord, listen. The sermon I'm preaching is about in Mark, when they brought the man, the four friends brought his buddy to Jesus, and it was too crowded in the house. And they had to go up and tear the roof off and let him down. Lord, help me, it's because what I'm preaching on tonight, I'm preaching on we need a burden for Jesus. We need a burden for the lost. We need a burden for the unchurched. And we've got to learn how to change. I was going, oh, oh. I mentioned the word change. It's going to be, who let the dogs out? I mean, it's... And you know, the more I preach, preach about getting a burden for the lost, having a burden for the unchurched, your friends that you know that aren't going to church. When's the last time you invite them to church? When's the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When did they see Jesus in your life? Then I went over to the change. I said, "Guys, listen. If you always do what you always done, they know it." And I preached that and went on. And at the end of the service, when the altar call came, it was flooded with the plus pluses. Walkers, here they come. Cains, here they come, and every one of them. Every one of them lined up for me to anoint them and have prayer with them. And said, Brother George, I want to pray for my grandson. He was brought up in church. He knows Jesus, but he's out in the world doing things he shouldn't be doing. Lord, help it, convict him and bring him back. And, boy, we'd have a prayer. The next one would come up, Lord, pray for my son and his family. They're going through a divorce. They need this, Lord. Oh, Brother George, pray and anoint. Let's let God move in this situation. I pray. Man, I tell you what, that's why I was tired. I don't know if it was high blood pressure or not. I prayed over about 15, 20 couples, and I preached when I prayed that night. Amen? I mean, it was a good one. His spirit was, his anointing was in that place. And I said, you know what? If they had some young couples that would come alongside these older couples, and them two would love God and love each other, well, God's spirit would do a mighty, mighty work down here at this church because it's not about the old, it's not about the young, it's about the holy spirit bringing us together in one in unity in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he said to go. Go back to verse 19. Jesus said go. We've got to go, church. We want to see God continue to bless our church body. You say, well the house is full. It's because we got some people that are going. Here's here's a lot of church theology. Well, we got a sign on the road. If they want to pull in, they know where we're at. Unbelievable. But a lot of churches, it's sad to say, are happy with what they have. It's 25 and no more. We like it the way it is. And the devil's sitting back going, oh, I love it. Because you know what, when Jesus walked the shores of Galilee, there were so many in the multitudes following Him, they couldn't even count the numbers anymore. I'm glad Jesus didn't stop and say, Well, that's 18,000, come to me. Thank you. No more. Y'all have a good day. He said, Let the batter, let the bruise, let the homosexual, the drug addict, let them all come unto me, and I'll give them rest. That's what we've got to realize as a church body here. There's people out there hurting. There's people going through trials and tribulations. If one little, if you just ask them, if you'll just go and say, Hey, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a theologian. But, well, man, I wish you'd come to church with me down at Pleasant Hill. I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. Man, I was where you used to be about four years ago. Man, I was way out there. I used to go to church. I was a casual church attender. I mean, I was on one Sunday, I was on fire. Wah! The next Sunday, you know, I may go to somewhere and drink on Friday night, have a good time, amen. Or I may tell dirty jokes all week long, go to church, say, hey, praise the Lord. But it is amazing how the Holy Spirit changes your spiritual appetites. Amen. He changes when, when you get into the presence of God and I look around and I see families in this church in the last four years that God has radically changed. Some people come to me and say, man, I used to drink with him on Friday nights. Not no more. The, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And we got some Christians in church that aren't free yet. Saved. They're not free. They hadn't, the reason they're not free is they haven't got their own faith yet. They're what they're doing with their mom and dad saying this is how mom and dad brought them up in church, and this is what the preacher said you ought to do, and this is what the deacon said you've got to get in. Listen, you need to get in the Word of God. What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? We got to get our own faith. That's why I say if the only faith you have is in here on Sunday morning, it's weak. You're, God's not moving much in your life. But, man, I feel so good when I get there. You can feel that good on Wednesday morning going to work on a bypass. Man, when you open up your mouth and go to praying and just the Holy Spirit feels that truck cab, that car cab, you say, man, I'm having church right here. How many of y'all ever had church outside of Church. Go! I pray that you have, because if this is the only place you have church. You hurting? So then, why does Jesus tell us to go? Right there, that first verse: Go. I, whether y'all know this or not, we are the church. How many agrees? We is the church. Who's the church? Me, you, you, all the saved, born again believers in the body. We are the church. How many agree that? How many over here say, we're the church? Amen. We're the church. Amen. Y'all getting good. We're the church. That's why he wants us to go. Jesus died so we could do this. He died so we could have glorifying him in his house. He died so I could have a relationship with him. He died, so when I'm all alone, I feel like everybody's left me. I can call upon Him, and His presence builds a hedge around me. When I have someone that all my friends leave me, but Jesus said, "Lo, I'll be with you always." So He said, "Go." So if He tells us to go, where are we supposed to go at? Anybody know what does "go" mean? I see you, brother George. We're going. Where are you going, though? Huh? Find the lost? Find the unchurched? I want to put a little challenge to Pleasant Hill. God has given us an open door to Lake Hamilton area. Yeah, that's weak. God has given us an open door. I'm going to preach it in you one way or the other. Some of y'all can sit, soak, and sour all you want. Some of us are going to go. If you don't want to go, sit there and be old prune juice. I don't care. Amen. Where are we? God's given us a great open door. Like, Amen. No wonder we're not winning Lake Hamilton. If we can't give any no more excited, Listen. There's too many people out there that are lost, dying, going to hell. Hell's too hot for us to sit here and soak and sour and praise him every Sunday morning and don't care about nobody, let everybody else go to hell. Amen? Well, it's me and my family. We're good. Jesus called you to go for more than just your family. Praise God. I'm glad they're saved. They're going to heaven. But we got this Lake Hamilton area he needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. And let me throw this in there. This is for free. Some of y'all have been saying, I don't have nothing to do in that church down there. Hit your knees and start asking Jesus to open doors the way we can do discipleship with a team in this church and reach this community. Out of the box. I don't want to be the one that comes up with driveway church all the time. Well, we can't do it until Brother George comes up with it. How many of y'all got a brain? How many of y'all in a relationship with Jesus? The Holy Spirit's in you. He can speak to you like he does me. He's got to speak to this church about ministry on reaching the lost and unchurched more. More. Amen. I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all's letting on. Amen. Because see, we're here to go. Who do we go get? We get the hurting. We get the drunkards. We get the alcoholics. We get the divorce. We get the people that are struggling. We get the black. We get the white. We get the Chinese. We get the Hispanic. It says, go ye therefore... Go. Hey man, I'm thankful to be in a church when people walk in of different color or different uh uh whether they're Indian, Asian, colored, it ain't like, ooh, what is that over there? Hey, Amen, brother. Wow. Hey, I need that back. I'm sweating. I didn't make it all the way to him. Give me that thing back it has got sweat on it. You ain't going to like it. Yeah. Jesus said, I died on the cross for everybody. Amen. If you want to see God bless this church, we got to go reach everybody. I've heard preachers stand behind the pulpit, heard members tell me, their pastors say, well, go to this certain sect and let's reach them because they're rich and they make good money. They live in over here off of East Gate. Let's just hit them. The reason they want them because they know they'll make the church more powerful through tithing. But I got news for you. Money can't buy the Spirit of God. Amen. Remember the one person tried to buy the Holy Spirit from Paul? what the devil do? Run him plumb. All them demons got in him, run him plumb out of town. You can't buy the Holy Spirit. You can't buy His anointing. You can't buy Him moving in your life and your church. Now listen. Some of y'all are going to say, well, I don't have tithe next Sunday. you. That's not what I'm saying. You've got the devil got a hold of you too. Hey, Amen. He's still commanding us to give to the ministry and to the church. Everybody in here I just don't know why we just don't go buy a new church fan, and just, you know, we need three, won't we just buy it? Because you're giving dollars. When God commanded you to be giving 50 or 60, you're giving ones. I'm on. that's all I'm saying about that. I feel like Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We're to be baptized. A church is not baptizing, there's something wrong. If their baptistry is clogged up from six years ago, Houston, we got a problem. Guys, if they walked in here about eight weeks and nobody walked the aisle and made a move, I'm already getting jittery. And I had a pastor friend of me tell me here a while back and said, George pray for me I said I will what's wrong he said we had not had a soul walk down the aisle in almost two years in our church I said what about just praying on Sunday at the altars we don't do that boy a light bulb went bloop 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 we don't do that boy why hadn't they been walking how many's got saved nobody almost two years how many's got baptized nobody what do y'all do Stand on that we sing the first, the last, we skip the third, and we stand on the last. Preacher preaches a nice sermon, and he lets us out way before you do. If you see us out after 12, God's really moving in our church. Amen. And i was sitting there going, man, guys, listen, who took out them altars in your church? God didn't. Well, yeah, I know, we, you know, we some of my folks, you know, we just, we don't feel like getting up there and I, that's your problem. You've got a hunger and thirst after his righteousness. Jesus will come knocking on your door, but that doorknob, it's from the inside. He's not going to beat your door down and change your family. He's not going to beat your door down and change your habit, change your problem. He's not going to beat a church door down and change them if they don't want him. It's got to open up and let him come in and have free reign. How will they know that we're making disciples? We'll love God with all we got. But we'll love each other with all we got. Amen? When someone's hurting in the church, we'll give them a call. We'll check on them. We'll become friends with them, start hanging out, going drinking coffee and going bowling. And, man, I encourage everybody in here. Find you someone in church that's really strong in their walk and be a leech and patch to them. Amen? Well, I wish something would help me. More than what I can preach on Sunday, you need us. The other six days out of the week, you need to be around relationships. that are nurturing your relationship and the direction God wants you to go. Well, I don't know them that sit over there. I don't know Larry and Lenny. Well, get to know them. I can already tell you the closest place to Larry's heart is in the boat. Isn't that right, Larry? If I want to get close to Larry, you know what I do? Hey, Larry, me and Hunter, we're ready to go back fishing, man. And so, he lets me you know a few weeks later, we went fishing. And I'm not going to say who caught the most fish. I think it was Larry. We all have different likenesses in relationship. We can be a friend to each other. Oh, you like to bowl, man? We love bowling. Oh, y'all like to go camping? We love to go camping. And when God starts drawing these groups of us together, he starts discipling us. He starts growing. He starts getting us all of a sudden. You run to second base. And then you turning. You going to third base. And for long, you're home plate. Man, you're excited because you come running up and say, Brother George, Brother George, look who I brought to church this morning. A whole family. That's discipleship. That's discipleship. See, it says in John chapter 13, you shall know my disciples by how they sing. No. You'll know that they're my disciples by the way that they uh, preach. No. How they love one another. Because see, in church today, we got way too much fussing and fighting. And when I see a lot of fussing and fighting in the church, that's a church that ain't focused on Jesus. They got weak worship. They got weak prayers because it's all about them. We trying to weed all them people out of here. You say, you running them off? No. I'm just going to keep preaching and preaching, and the Holy Spirit's going to get that heart and say, Lord, empty me and me and fill me more of you. Empty me and me and fill me more of you. Amen. And God does that to every heart. Empty me and me and fill me with more of you. And for long, we've got a whole church that's not about I know more, but it's about him. Man, we're ready to worship. See, Jesus ought sort to of stick out of us, amen? Go to that in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to close with this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. Now he goes, you are the light of the world, a city that cannot be hidden. Have you ever noticed how important lights are at your house? What's the most important light in your house? Tad, what's the most important light in your house? Most people say, I bought a beautiful ceiling fan. It's got a gorgeous, gorgeous lights. This is my favorite light. I'll tell you what my favorite light is. When I'm stumbling in the dark trying to go to the bathroom, that little night light tweaks on. At that time, that's my favorite light. You're right, whatever light you come to. If I'm in the dark trying to stagger and go to the bathroom, that little John Deere light over there is nice. Amen. Or that candle Meadows got in the bathroom that's got all that, I don't know, pine comb, rub your hands in dirt, seeing. I walked in the house the other day and she had them candles going. I said, Somebody's making cookies. I was hungry. She said, No, I bought chocolate chip at Walmart today. It's a scent candle. See, you know the real thing. The way you know something is real is you hang around them a while. Not on Sunday mornings. Character is what you are when nobody's looking. Amen? Not on Sunday morning. So Jesus should stick out. He'd be like a little boy. He said, Daddy, how tall am I? He said, Son, you're about four and a half feet tall. And then he said, well... I'm saved and Jesus is in me, right? And he goes, yeah, he's in you. You're saved, he's in you. Well, then how tall is Jesus? He said, I don't know exactly. I'm just going to say around five and a half feet. So then that means Jesus ought to stick out of me about a foot, amen? And there's a lot of truth to that. When we leave here today, Jesus ought to stick out of you about a foot. People ought to know where you have been when we leave here today. Y'all go out and eat. They're saying, man, y'all must went to church. Where y'all go to church at? Not because you told them, because you were glowing. Because we do good works in discipleship. The reason we do good works is to see the glory of God and the Father to be glorified. That's why we have church, is to glorify Him. Now, listen, I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're, you're about ready to let go and let God. You say, man, Brother George, I I want to do something for Jesus. I'm tired of sitting. And see, we need some people in this church. And we got a lot that are, man, I'm thankful pastor of this church that y'all do a great, great job. But we still got a lot on the sideline that needs to get in the ball field. Amen? So I don't know where you're at, what you're dealing with. Maybe you're wrestling with God over an issue. Maybe he wants you to get saved today. Maybe he's calling you to be baptized. Join this church. I don't know. Get closer. Rededicate. Amen, Greg? Where's Greg at? Come here a minute, buddy. I'm not going to try to embarrass you. You can't embarrass him. Come on, Greg. Come here a minute. You can't embarrass Greg. He's all right. I love, him. he was so excited this morning when he came in. He comes straight to my office and said, Brother George, he was, hey. I love this. I was there in my office, turned around. I said, oh, hey, Greg. He goes, Brother George, you won't believe this. You won't believe it. I rededicated my life Thursday night to Jesus. I was going to tie one of these rocks onto his foot to keep him from floating. Amen. Amen. This is what it does when Jesus touches you. Amen? That's discipleship. You can sit right there. I don't have them all hug you here in a little bit. So maybe you're like Greg. Maybe you're saved and going to church, but you just feel like you're doing great stuff on the outside, but the inside you feel yucky. There's an easy way to fix that. You just humble yourself. Boldly approach this throne of grace. Jesus standing wide open to give you what you need. He's ready. Some of us need a. Well, Brother George, I got touched when I got saved 40 years ago. If that's the only touch you got, brother and sister, you're in trouble. I need a touch every week, every day, and it depends on who I'm around, every minute. Amen. You too. I need a fresh touch to keep my energy up and keep me going and preaching the gospel. Man, I need a fresh touch every week. And maybe that's what you need this morning. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that you'll just have your way in this service this morning. Lord, that you'll speak to hearts that I don't even know what's on their heart or what they're going through, Lord, but you do. Lord, I pray that you would just move and Draw us to the altars. Let us go get a friend and pray with each other. Let us bring our burdens to the cross. Whatever your way is. Whatever you need. I pray that you would just let go this morning and just take that step of faith right where you're at. Because I, I, I've been in your shoes. It's no, it's no fun walking out of here. You feel good through the worship. You get goosebumps. The Holy Spirit excites you about the potential that could be, and then you turn and walk away from the conviction of God, and two hours as you leave here, you're right back in that same old fleshly condition. Sometimes you need to just say enough is enough. It stops here. I'm gonna tell you why I know that. Because this week, me and I have felt bad for the past three or four weeks. Last Sunday when I got through preaching, I wanted to sit on that front chair right there and not get up. I don't know if y'all seen it. I I haven't told none of y'all. Because I'm the preacher and I'm Superman. That's what a lot of people think. And so I know I kept feeling bad and feeling worse. And I went to the doctor this week and I had high blood pressure. One at 180 over 105 or... Something like that. I said. I told that doctor, I said, you are it when I get done preaching. And so God had to stop me. What I'm saying is, is God had to stop me in my tracks and say, listen, enough is enough. You've done what you want. You eat what you want. You've no, no exercise. You're not Superman. You're still my child. But enough is enough. And so that was the hardest thing. Because listen, guys, I'm on no medication. I never go to no doctors. I don't want nobody to know that I'm hurting, that I'm sick. Not even Mevlin. Hadn't even been telling her. Because I want to be the strong man of the house. But God humbled me right there (laughs) Thursday and said, Listen, you can't do it without me. You can't pastor that church without me. You can't lead them people. You can't lead no more people closer to me if you can't take care of yourself. And you're the preacher, and I know it's hard to swallow your pride, but swallow your pride and call the doctor. And I did, and things went on, and he put me on blood pressure medicine. And I feel two times better. But he said, George, you've got to go on a diet, and I hate that word. I said, yes, sir. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to exercise. Because it's amazing how God will let you get close to something before he opens your eyes. And I don't know, maybe that's where you are in your walk with Jesus today. I don't know. But if he's speaking to you today right where you're at in that small, still voice, Lord, just confess to him. Say, Lord, I need you. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand quietly. Come. Don't worry about who's beside you. Don't worry about what time it is. Focus on what God wants from your heart right now where you're standing there. Come to Him, church. The altars are open. Let's start again, no Well, listen. I'll start, okay, Miss Addie. Allie? Adeline? Adeline. Whew. Hey, I called your mama something else for two months, so don't worry. You think I can remember Casey? I what did I call her? Cassie? See? Where's Alyssa? I call her Alicia for six, eight months. But uh Adeline come this morning and she she invited Jesus into her heart. Hey, Amen. She's been saved. And she wants to follow him in baptism. Uh, Darian. Darian said, she said, I need a fresh start, Brother George. And she said, I'm saved. But she said, I want to rededicate my heart and my walk to him. And she said, I want to be baptized. So we're going to baptize her. Amen. Just as her, her showing her rededication to her walk with Jesus. Amen. Greg. Greg, he rededicated his heart following Him, following the Lord. Let's just let's lift each one of these up, amen. I want the praise team to play. Y'all come around and just hug them and just encourage them in their walk and, and what God's doing in their lives, amen. Have a great week. Love y'all.
1: Do you the blind will see? Do you the mute will see? Do you the dead will rise? Do you our hearts will praise? Do you the darkness please? Do you my heart screams I am free? Yeah! Lying free to run, sing. I am.